Corner.com. Coming to you live from the Place of Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, right? March the 25th. No, obviously, no March Madness to discuss, um, which it, it's still, I mean, I don't care what day it is. We, we can be on today, whatever it is of this whole thing. And it will never not seem weird. Um, and yet, here we are, uh, your your fearless, fearless correspondence coming to you uh, regardless. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of the state of things. I think that's probably going to be... I don't know, a staple of the pod as we go forward. I'm just kind of talking about the where where things are uh, in terms of the um, the oddness that is life right now. Um, and then get into um, some UVA sports-specific things um, as they present themselves. Let's go around and introduce everybody. For tonight, everybody is staff writer Justin Ferber up in Reston. How's it going, buddy? It's going, man. Um, <laughs> your words walk right through my ears, presuming I like what I hear. <laughs> Lyrics from your favorite song. <laughs> At Justin underscore for on Twitter. This isn't actually going to be recorded, right? We're just we're just messing around. No, this around. is totally. This is the show. This yeah. is the show. All right, wait. Cavs Gold are also under Cavs underscore corner. Great place for in-game, in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. All right, listen. Let me tell you a story. So we are on – were we on the way to the arena the one day that we got to go to the arena yeah, in Greensboro? So. And we're, we're going to go to a crosswalk. And because um, we we stayed at a hotel across the street from where the media hotel was, where, where the shuttle was. And so we're basically going to where the media hotel and shuttle are. <laughs> we get to this this uh, crosswalk and, you know, push the button or whatever. For the record, Ferber is very d- does not like walking with me in cities because I just don't I don't pay attention to the to the little hand. I will go whenever, um, you know, my radar tells me I can. Um and I think this frustrates him greatly. Anyway, so we go, we go, and he walks up and through a spider web, and he says something about, "Oh, I walked through a spider web." And so I started to sing the lyrics from the No Doubt song of the nineteen whatever uh, spider webs, and he he didn't. I guess I can't say he didn't know the song. He just did not immediately recognize the words. I think that's a fair yeah. Way it, to say it, it. That's the misconception that I was being told that I didn't know spider webs, and what it was was I didn't remember what. Okay, but here's the th- no, but here's the thing. If if somebody says so, leave a message and I'll call you back. Some you should know what song that's yeah, from. Yeah, I mean maybe <laughs> you should probably know what song that's from. I recognize right? it as being from something in my you know zeitgeist <laughs> or whatever. But I no, didn't. I, yeah, I should say to to I have fr- a lot of random crap that I have to keep in my brain for this <laughs> podcast and the website and, and the your Twitter. own job. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I should preface. I should have prefaced. I should. I, I, what's it? Uh, 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 I should add an appendix um, to this conversation. I do sing a lot. All right. I sing a lot. And if Ferber is around me for any period of time, there's no telling how many songs he is subjected to. They will randomly sometimes stick. Uh, I remember that one. Um, that one top 100 camp. I, I, I basically hummed the Andy Griffith theme for four days. Yeah, um, the worst one to date <laughs> was one of the earliest, actually, oh, for God. me. Was, um, oh, God. I can't remember if it was Smoke Mizell or Quinn Blanding committing. And we like went somewhere to work afterwards, uh-huh. after the ceremony, and you were singing Call Me Maybe the oh, entire Oh, that's right. Yes. And it's, yeah. in my own defense, it's not my fault. Like these Not things... even the whole song, just like the, you know. Yes, the just the catchy here. parts, yeah. Okay. I, I'm really like the, the hooks of songs get in my head and I, they're little earworms and I can't help it until something else replaces it. Um, to both, uh, Ferber and Caroline Darney from Truk and Lawns, um, um, uh, credit. They made it sure that I did not hear old town road when we were in Minneapolis so as to not get that stuck in my head and have to be subjected to that. Although the Texas tech fans did enough of that on their own. Yeah. Anyway, I was going to say we, we held off as long as we you could. did. You, you did until I found it was like, what is that song they're singing? It was, that was hysterical. Now Abigail, basically, uh, my kid tortures me with that song. She sings it in a variety of different voices and characters who sing it. And it's atrocious and I, I hate it. Um, but no, so the other day, I forget, what did I, what was the, how, what, what transpired on Twitter to make me throw the shade at you? And the next thing you know, uh, I said I didn't like Santeria, that's which it. I stand by to the death. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Why don't you like that song? Well, I don't know. I don't like the band. I, uh, I don't, okay. I, you know, I, I don't have a, pr- I mean, obviously, like people are, I understand that they're popular with a lot of people, and I, you know, this isn't an opinion that I normally would share, but we have nothing else to do right now. So 
Hey, it's I just don't like, like Santeria, like, and I don't like uh, crystal whatever, balls. What I've, what I've got because <laughs> those are is, the definite words of the song. Oh my god, that was amazing. Yeah, uh, I know he said I don't. And, and I don't Santeria. like uh, I don't like what I've got even more. So wow, man, you... Sublime to me sounds like a shitty high school band. Wow. Oh, I guess you're gonna have to edit that out. No, you're not. Um, we're fine. We're we're gonna roll with it. <laughs> Wow. Okay, I would just like for everyone who is talented to me, and the lyrics are so like sophomoric. (laughs) I would like to. All right, I would normally say like, wow. I mean, how long did it take to come up with that? (laughs) Listen to the Catsquatter podcast where Ferber drags a dead guy. Um, but (laughs) yeah, he's dead. He's been dead for a long time. This is this this entire opening segment is is serious apologies to his family and their state. (laughs) It's legendary at this point. All right. First off, I would normally say something to the effect of, well, those people who are driving and listening to this podcast, but we know nobody's doing that because we're all sheltering in place. Um, So if you're at home listening to this podcast, um, feel free to tweet Ferber directly. Don't include me. I don't want I, I like I don't practice Santeria, but I like the song. And yes, that's what happened. I tweeted out. It's like a it like popped my, in my fire head. by the doors. I would also put in that category. Okay, now when I can't, I, I, I can't necessarily defend. I don't really strongly. the song. The song is okay, but the very beginning part really is like nails on the chalkboard to me. Where it's just like noise, and it's like, okay, we get it, Jim Morrison. Also dead. I, I know that. <laughs> this is the episode. It's like with Friends. What's the title of all the Friends episodes? Or like the one where so-and-so, so-and-so. This is the one where Ferber drags dead dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. All right. So <sighs> that was delightful. I enjoyed that. Yeah, all the people that all the people that were in my mentions this week telling me to get back to sports are not gonna like that part of the show. Definitely not. I was actually getting ready to say earlier when you were like, I was like, uh, you know, people are gonna come at you, and I was like, well, if you didn't have enough people about the Liberty thing, yeah, um, I mean, I asked for it. So I yeah, mean, which is really interesting because we had a discussion about this very topic, right? The 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 virus and the outbreak and such and such um, before the ACC tournament, and Dave and I really carried that. You were not, you know, too. You know, I think you even said later, like, I'm not, I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't know this thing, right? Um, you typically aren't someone who jumps into. I mean, let's be real. Who of the of the of the Cavs corner crew? Who's the one who jumps into things that he probably shouldn't? Me, right? Like, I'm always getting into some sort of verbal that, fisticuffs. And, and, then, and then Dave will just find like something <laughs> and just go as far in that direction as he can go. I now just realized that I introduced you earlier and didn't mention why Dave wasn't here. I don't actually know. He just, you know, had a lot going on, and, and given the current climate, and you know, as yeah, a small and this, this, owner, this day and age, you don't even ask. You're just right. like, okay, that people are just busy, man. Like, who knows? Um, but yeah, Dave I mean, is like, practicing some very, very serious social distancing from us right, <laughs> yeah, right. now. His digital distancing. Oh, there's the title: digital distancing. All right. Um, we did it. We can now. I don't have any pressure to try to explain. <laughs> That's right. You don't have to say anything funny. Um, no, like. Dave definitely does that, right? Where he will he will pop in, uh, he will pop into something very specific, and like he's like a dog with a bone, um, you know. I will again. I got to give him props though. He called this whole uh, pandemic thing, man. I mean, I'm, yeah, he was ahead of the curve before it was flattened. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, that was not on purpose. Um, <laughs> I mean, I could kind of see that it was a problem what was happening in Europe, but I just figured there would be more of a lag before it would really. I mean, I thought that there we could eventually see stadiums close, that sort of thing. Right. But, I mean, like they didn't even cancel their games really until like a couple of days before the United States started doing that. So yeah, it didn't really seem like that was you know on the table or in the cards. Yeah. As quickly, I thought, well, you know, we'll probably get through the NCAA tournament before any of that becomes a problem. You know. But, yeah, it definitely did seem like for a while there, right? Like we were we were all going to be able to make it through March Madness at least, and. And I always thought that, especially once they decided to take the fans out of the equation, that we would be okay. Man, that just feels like a dramatically, you know, different world. I mean, like, I live in the West End of Enrico within a mile distance or whatever from the Canterbury um, retirement facility or um, assisted living facility. I I don't know what what the term is. That has had, like, four deaths or whatever in, like, the last 24 to 36 hours. I mean... Well, also, you see what's happening, like, in Italy, they, they've tracked in the Lombardy region or whatever, um, they've tracked a lot of the contamination or, you know, contagiousness or whatever the term is. Contagion. Um, yeah, to a specific soccer match. Like, 
And they're so calling a whole bunch it of like, people went to this one soccer match, right? Yeah, exactly. It was Atalanta versus Valencia, which is like a Champions League match, and it was in Bergamo where they're having like all these, you know, deaths and you know people catching at cases. I guess you should say, um, and a lot of them they think that like basically ground zero for it was this soccer match, <laughs> and so you start to see like okay. If that really was a thing, then you kind of do understand why the steps were taken that were taken, right? Yeah. I mean, I started thinking about it today, right? Like, we're two weeks or so out from being in Greensboro um, tonight, right? So we all left on Thursday. And one, you know, two weeks seems to be like the magic elixir of, of like, stress reliever, right? Like, knock on wood. Um, but it just it, it's just so crazy to think that in – you know, not just those couple of days, because I, I will never forget those couple of days as long as I live, man. Like, it was just the weirdest, you know, it was just the weirdest set of circumstances. And then to be two, way, two weeks from it, it feels like that was two years ago. Like, it feels so, like, so much of the world has changed, and obviously, you know, economies and such and such. Um, you know, there are a lot of people out there hurting right now in terms of jobs, in terms of, you know, so many different things, not to mention, you know, the loss of life. Um, how's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that, um, you have settled into some sort of normalcy with the whole working from home situation. How's that, that, uh, that desk that you set up for the podcast working out for you? Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that it was already here for that. Fair. Um, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where it's, I've done it before from time to time, never for like an extended period of time like this. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it, it almost makes the days go by weird. It, it doesn't feel like they're longer to me. It just feels like it doesn't really feel like the week is progressing in a sense. Like, I think it just takes me out of my rhythm a little bit that to just wake up and start working every day. But um, I tried to follow the advice that I've seen on Twitter that people have of, you know, like getting dressed and, you know, doing all these did different I, wait, things. Wait, did not j- literally just say that like a week ago? Like have a routine and yeah. like stick to I it? I mean, you're somebody who does it every day. So okay, wait, did, but you just you just gave it to you gave the credit to Twitter. You didn't say like your good friend Brad. Yeah, you and Twitter, of course. <laughs> you and Twitter. Okay, mm-hmm. that's actually a really good title too. You and Twitter is a very good title. Um, yeah, I, I think that for most people who are, you know, kind of observing, um, kind of real, like not observing, who are living through this for the first real time, like it is a, it's a, it's a weird existence. Like I know, you know, people who are really struggling, like you know, they don't realize how much of their like social interactions at work you know, fuel them in a lot of ways, right? Like they are. Yeah. You, you don't realize how few people you see. Right. Yeah. Like outside of the office, you know? Yeah. And you, and you don't think about it until it's not there, which is typical of why, like, you know, so many different things. But the other thing too, is that like, this is so weird in the sense that you feel like you're getting ready for some sort of storm. You know, there was obviously, you know, the rush to like, yeah, you know, buy groceries and such and such. And, you know, the run on toilet paper for some unknown reason. But usually um, that stuff goes away after, you know, right, a few days. Exactly. Yeah. Normally these things, you know, you have a storm, it passes, you know, and, and yet now it's like, oh, it rained today. Like, you know what I mean? And there's just this weird sort of like um perpetual blase, you know, like you're just at home, you're watching, you know, whatever you're watching, you're doing you're working. How has the 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 work side been for you how much have you actually been able to do have you found any success with my other my other not twitter's okay but my recommendation that do your work somewhere as opposed to like trying to work on the couch or in bed because you're never going to get anything done what have you found yourself to be in any way shape or form productive yeah um i would say the day is a little less structured though it's kind of like i can kind of knock a bunch of stuff out early Right, right and i don't have like a bunch of meetings and stuff to go to so I mean, that kind of frees you up to do things. You can almost say like, all right, I got to do these five things today and I can kind of knock them out. And then you realize there's like a lot more free time. Um, I don't really you know, get into my day job too much here on the website or Twitter or anything, but um, let's just say I'm involved in a perif- in like, espionage. At least per- peripherally <laughs> involved in, in education. Okay. So, and my job revolves around standardized testing. So there is no standardized testing this year. So, I mean, it kind of does change the, you know, I mean, we have a dead period every year in the summertime where it gets slow because there's no school. Right. Um, so, huh. I mean, like we, that's just coming earlier. So, so your dead period and my dead period, whereas, you know, I normally have a dead period after spring football ends, right? 
and then it lasts until roughly yeah i mean they kind of sync up yeah yeah so but now also, I mean, we're, around, we're in the I same boat the look at us we're twinsies look at us yeah and i live in the dc area so like the summer is usually like kind of a quiet period for everybody like i mean like so many people with government jobs and right. stuff they, right. they're just not as busy the flexible hours in the summertime so on and so forth but None of those people exist right now because I haven't seen any of them in two weeks. None of those people exist. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, you see somebody like I went for a walk earlier just like around the neighborhood to get some air and you see a person and you're like, do I want to like go the other way or do I wave just to give some sort of social, you know, interaction with people or do, what do I do? Um, but yeah, it's, it's just hopefully not forever, but, um, you know, it's, it's not the worst. I'd rather be in this situation than be really ill. Absolutely. Um, yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. I mean, I think as everybody adjusts, how, how, how much have you tried, how much have you actually like gone out to stores and things like that? Uh, I've tried not to. Um, but you realize like my thing is I, f- I always forget like, oh, I need one more thing. I need one more thing. <laughs> and usually it's not that big of a deal. Right. Um, but now I'm trying not to do that. So now it's about like trying to plan out the meals, but then also like not everything's available. So, I mean, you go into the store and they might not have everything that you want. So you have to kind of be like, all right, I was going to make this now I can't. So I need to figure out something else. But overall, I mean, I can't complain. I live in a really populated area with a ton of stores. So, I mean, like we're not as bad off as probably some other areas, but, um, it's not too bad so far. I mean, I've definitely been stocking up on beer, um, <laughs> which hasn't really been running out. But uh, I mean, you know, we're, we're getting by. Yeah, I can't really, I can't complain too much. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I don't have a kid at home like you. you <laughs> I also, have, that's also like a change, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. The whole homeschooling thing is fun um, in the sense that it's not. No, I'm kidding. Um, I would just like to state for the record that anybody out there who has kids. Uh, if you go on Facebook and people are shaming other people about, you know, more homeschooling and more structure and stuff, you know what? Unfriend those people. Like, they're not good for you. Like, they're not good for your lives. Like, you know what? Like, it's okay if every once in a while your kid watches something on TV or just goes outside. Like, they don't actually need to be in quote-unquote school. Like, nobody expects you to be uh, a trained educational professional, right? Like, it's fine. Um, meanwhile... um my kid's best friend is a reading teacher. So there's like FaceTime reading, but that's probably the thing that has been as, uh, has been the biggest surprise to me. I was thinking about this. I was talking to my sister the other day and we were talking about how, like when we were kids, like there's no, we have no experience that, that in any way, shape or form relates to this, right? Like these kids who grow up right now, they grow up in a world that will, that will forever be, a, you know, different because of this, this, what's going on. And as kids, like, I remember I got out one day, um, there was supposed to be a hurricane, and it was going to come through, and we they canceled school, and I guess the thing shifted, and I remember I was at my grandma's house, and it was a little windy, but it was, like, sunny, and it was I remember playing outside, and it was great. But, like, that's as close as I can get, right? Like, weeks and weeks and weeks and having the whole school year, you know, half of, or whatever, of the school year canceled, um, there's no, there's no, you know, there's no analog for that, Um but what I found fascinating though is that, like my kid is is on FaceTime on an iPad with a friend of hers. You know, my kid is five and a half going she'll be six in July. And her friends on FaceTime and they're like in the their their iPads are set up in the rooms and they're just playing. They're not even like interacting. They're just they're basically remote playing. And I until that actually happened, until it literally happened, I never would have thought like, oh, this could be a thing that, that kids could do. Yeah. That would like keep them busy. And like she did this for four hours the other day. Four hours. She played on the iPad. Uh, she played with a friend via FaceTime, where they like. And then I think at some point today, the same kid like set up the iPad so that so that she could watch Alice in Wonderland, and then she just sat on the couch next to her, and they just like watched it together. And I was like, yeah. kids are adaptive, dude. Yeah, I'm not I'm more adaptive than me, right? Like, I, <laughs> I mean, mean, I'm like, like, hey, let me just roll through this new season of Clone Wars or whatever, you know? That's kind of where I am. It's like the problem is. <laughs> Normally, I mean, I watch TV shows a li- not probably as much as some people. Some people are always like, "Have you watched this? Have you watched this?" I'm like, "No, nah, I don't. I, honestly, I don't have time." Um, but I mean, like, usually, you know, there's some sort of sport on. Like, I'll have it on in the background while I'm doing something, and now it's like, "Oh, there's nothing on except for you know a football game from last year or something." So now it's like I am kind of rolling through a lot of shows because there's just not a lot else to do. 
Well, what um, show? All right, let's get into this then. What shows are you? Okay, uh, I watched Tiger King. Highly recommend it. Um, Tiger King, is, or did you say higher? Tiger King. Okay, Tiger King. All right, good. Yeah, on Netflix. Check it out. It is a show about a, a crazy man who basically owns a bunch of tigers and. Wait, did he get lot. killed by the tiger? No, I, I don't want to spoil it, but basically there's like a, there's like a murder plot in there. Ooh. Actually, there's like more than one, you know, and it's like there's okay, a lot. Anytime of, you and get then a, it's like you get into like the abuse of animal stuff, and, and there's no abuse of animals in the show that I can remember. Um, so if that kind of like trigger warnings people, then don't worry about that. It's just an insane guy in Oklahoma that owns a bunch of tigers. So right. I, I would check that out. Um I just just been randomly kind of clicking on stuff. Been watching a lot of movies, but I, I'm gonna try to dive into some shows. I've never watched Succession, which I've heard is really oh, good, so I'm gonna get into that. Yeah, you definitely should. One hundred percent. I'll check that out. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I did watch the the rewatches of the UVA basketball games that have been on the last few days. Um, and I forgot. Yeah, I haven't really watched those in a long time, so I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that player. Oh yeah, that's right. You know, like that happened. Um. So those are obviously good memories, and good thing we have those because we really needed something <laughs> to get us through this. Yeah, um, true. But uh, yeah, I mean, just you know, trying to get through everything, and hopefully not run out before we can, you know, rejoin society. Right. Um, before we actually get to things that um, I don't know, people might genuinely care about on the podcast. Um, I have been. Yeah. Wow. If you made it through this part, <laughs> I mean, you're. <laughs> Well, but listen. Here's here's my thing. Or you're really bored. Yeah, I was gonna say you're at home and you're possible. like, you know what? I just need my my Cavs corner fix. No, we have Abigail and I have been working our way through all of the uh, Marvel movies, and I inadvertently skipped two. And I'm telling you, dude, I am in trouble. Like, she's not happy with me. She's like, no, you skipped an entire Iron Man movie, and I was like, yeah, accidentally. Um, so uh, after we finish Age of Ultron, and I've got to go back and watch Iron Man three and the the second Thor, which I don't think actually she needs to see. But anyway, she's super excited about uh, Hulk. She just re- walks around now saying Hulk smash all the time, which you know makes my heart happy. Um, okay, so speaking of um, things to do during the day, so Virginia's actually done a really nice job of making guys available to us via uh, Zoom. Um. And which is really funny because I'm a nerd and I listen to nerd podcasts. And not that long ago, there was this whole kerfuffle among the tech community because Zoom was doing some stuff um, in its app and requiring some um, uh, requiring some permissions on your computer and such that were like not good. And <laughs> I don't want to say like I don't remember the 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 TikTok of it all, but basically they they got in some in some hot water over it and then had to basically push out an update. And now Zoom is like the biggest app in the world, right? Because everybody's home and needs some some sort of um Yeah. You know, I mean I never really even thought it was like that big of a thing. And apparently now it's like everybody uses it. So Yeah. Um we were on with Charles Snowden, uh UA outside linebacker. Uh, I'll write a feature on him uh either as you listen to this later today or or tomorrow. Um and he and we were waiting for the thing to start. And Jim Daves, who was the SID at UVA, was talking to, to Charles, and he he said something to the effect of referencing the Bryce and Bryce video conference we'd done the day before. And he was really happy with Charles because Charles was like sitting on his couch and he had his computer in a very like stationary spot. And he was telling him how Perk was, <laughs> Perkins was like in his car and like driving to his apartment, and he kept like forgetting like where the phone was, and so like randomly we'd see like the roof of his car. Um, and I'm pretty sure TV stations are actually using some, trying to use some of that stuff because they obviously they can't interview the kids. Um, which I was, you know, you know, Charles Snowden is going to be president someday. Um, I would absolutely vote for a Malcolm Brogdon Charles Snowden ticket in a heartbeat. I don't even care what their platform is. Um, but UVA has done a really nice job making. Brad, guys don't available. talk politics. It's not your job. <laughs> I don't know on this uh, on this show we can talk about whatever we want apparently, um, but we were talking. Yeah, it's to- funny. It's funny how that works. Yeah, right. Freedom and such. No, so like the thing that that really struck me in talking to um, both Bryce and Bryce yesterday, um, Snowden today, has been this theme that I don't know if it's just because we as media types we don't. We, we don't have much access. We, you know, cr- again, credit to UVA for making these guys available to us. We don't have access to the players and we can't watch them in spring ball, which should be happening this week. And so like, we're kind of, I don't want to say we're, we're latching on to predictable storylines, but like the idea that like, Virginia has to replace a quarterback. I mean, heck I wrote a story off of a Bro- uh, uh, Broncos uh, presser last week 
that kind of was built around, you know, the idea of like, okay, you don't have spring ball now what? Um, and that was certainly the, um, you know, the, the theme of the coastal forecasting that I wrote about UVA that, um, a bunch of the different sites in the network wrote or ran rather, but like, there's this theme that's emerging, which is like, tell us about Brendan Armstrong. Tell us what we say, you know, we, t- we talked to Perkins about it. We talked to Bryce Hall about it. We talked to Snowden for a little bit today about it. And then we're actually going to get him on Friday. And I can't tell if that's something that is going to feel like a bigger deal because we talked about it and we didn't have anything. Like we're basically filling the information void with conversation about it versus just maybe the the natural sort of um, lily pad jumping that you do, right? You're like, oh, they don't have spring ball. Oh, they have to replace a quarterback. Well, oh, that's going to make it tough. Um, as Virginia goes forward, what's your general, I don't know, worry uh, it might be the wrong word, but your general sort of um, concern might be the better one about Virginia having to replace Bryce Perkins. I mean, clearly the dude put up <laughs> crazy stats. Uh, I don't mean my it just biggest concern is that he was very good. <laughs> <laughs> is that well, when we eventually do this Mount Rushmore show where we're we're going to put you know people on and argue about who should be where? Um, it's going to be yeah. it's going to be ridiculous that he's probably not going to make it, and yet he's one of the most, if not the most, prolific player in, in school history. But no, like. I mean, I, I guess I come from the school of like I'm not really worried about Brendan Armstrong, but I don't think he's going to be like Bryce Perkins right away. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, my biggest concern is how much stuff Bryce did, you know, off schedule, like getting out of the pocket, uh, making plays with his legs that turn into big throws down the field because of just extending plays. Um, you know, he had pretty good instincts for the game. I thought. Um, I think he got better at that too. You saw like in his second year as a starter, uh, that was something that I thought Kurt kind of struggled with his first year in the system. Um, you know, just like knowing when to get out of the pocket and you know, that sort of stuff. But then he got a lot better at it. I thought Bryce got better at it too. So I think, I mean, besides the actual learning curve, I'm just, you know, how much UVA put on the quarterback last year without having a running game. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know Brennan's game enough to say he doesn't have that intuition or ability to extend plays and make things happen. I think he's got the athletic ability to do some of those things, but um, I think the instincts and the, like the playmaker gamesmanship sort of ability is something that it's either innate or it's something that you have to really, really work at uh, to get good at. So I think my biggest thing is like what happens when things break down, because a lot of times things did break down and Bryce just made a play. I mean, you saw, a few times, you know, in, in games throughout the season, in the Florida game, in the in the Orange Bowl, I mean, he made that crazy touchdown play. Like, I don't know how many quarterbacks make that play under the duress that he was under. Um, so, I mean, I think Brennan, you know, obviously will have his own things that he brings to the table, maybe some things even that Bryce didn't have. Um, but, I mean, I think that, you know, that part, I don't know if we can expect him to extend and, and create so much as what Bryce did. And then also, I mean, without those plays, we might see a bit of a, you know, the offense might not might get stuck at times where they didn't last year. Yeah, Snowden said that um or actually was it Snowden or was it Bryce Hall? Now they're all starting to run together. That basically like Armstrong missed a couple weeks of practice, came back and gave him fits. Like he he's uh he's a dude who just, you know, he has that. I think what will be interesting, as we've talked about before and certainly we'll talk about in the future, the idea that like can Virginia's offense basically be the same? No, it it, can, it can't, right? Like not only are you not do you not have Bryce Perkins to go and do Bryce Perkins things, but you also you don't have Hasis Dubois and Joe Reed to go do you know Haas and Joe Reed things, right? And like that's no shade at any skill position guy that's that that is on the roster. Um, it's certainly no shade at Brendan Armstrong. It's just a it's going to be different no matter what it's going. You know what I'm saying? Like it it inherently will be different. The question is in what ways? And I wonder. My general thinking has been and, and continues to be, and I would have really loved to have seen spring ball because I feel like this would have helped tremendously, the idea that maybe Virginia would have been different, but could Virginia have been still pretty good? And, the you know, at this point, we got to wait for whatever the season looks like, whether that's a full season or whatever. But I kind of get the sense that that in some ways Armstrong fits what Robert and I might – more traditionally you know for you know however traditional quote-unquote traditional uh he could want that position to be in terms of um sort of the way that the route concepts work and I mean you and I have been you know in the past fairly 
critical of 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 the of not just the play calling, but some of the play you know route concepts and play design. But man, middle of the season things seemed to click, and I don't know if that was individual effort based on the players that were on the roster, or if some of that was schematic, or if a little bit combination of both. So I'm cu- I'm curious to see what it looks like when Brendan Armstrong's at the trigger. I mean, if nothing else, it'll look different because he's left-handed. Um, but he's a different runner. He's not a he's not a dude who wants to run around you. Um, you know, <laughs> practice his social distancing. Um, you know, he's a guy who wants to run through you. And one is that sustainable. Right. And then two, like, uh, what's it look like play to play um, game to game? I mean, will they run a lot more read option stuff? What's their quarterback position like? What You know, their situation behind him. How much does that affect what they call the way that it did when he went down with the turf toe and what they called for Perkins? Um, I think all of those are very reasonable questions that unfortunately spring ball would have helped us. If not answer, it would have at least inform. And um, I think that's the thing I really took away from what Bronco had to say the other day is the idea that, like, listen, we'll figure it out. We'll do something. It's just going to be different, and it's going to be harder. Um, and we can we can get it going. Um, the question is just how far along they can be once that actually happens. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't really have, like, a template for this sort of situation where there isn't a spring. So, I mean, I guess we'll just have to see – how things fit together, but every team's kind of in the same boat. So, I mean, UVA just happens to be one that's breaking in a new quarterback, but they are in the same offense that they, I mean, they're not changing like big picture stuff. So I think that the, the chemistry and all that stuff will come with time, but um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be a learning curve, but the good thing is Brennan, he hasn't really had a lot of like super meaningful game reps. Uh, obviously he did have a few here and there where Bryce had to come out for a few plays, but I mean, he does know the guys on the team. There's not a ton of, like, new faces that he's going to be trying to throw the ball to or anything like that. Um, he's probably worked a lot, actually, with the guys that are going to be dependent on more next year. So um, I, I'm optimistic for, for his adjustment, but I think he's going to need help for sure. Yeah. Um, I, one of the things Snowden said, which I found completely fascinating and agreed with, com- you know, 100%, was, and I'm going to paraphrase here, and he meant this in a very non- judgmental non like serious way but like in a lot of ways Bronco is is probably because of the kind of person he is and the way he loves to plan and think through challenges and things like that that he's in some ways excited about the prospect of like okay now that I've got this huge curveball to deal with what can I do with it right how do I respond and I find I don't know if I've ever heard anything that fit Bronco more than like Bronco's the dude who who sees this and loses spring ball and yes Again, he's he was very cognizant of the fact that football doesn't matter in this context, right? So, like, you know, he made the point that when they first started hearing about the the ramifications and that they were probably going to have to cancel spring ball, that, that, that realistically football was just so secondary in his mind that it was it was obviously focused on human life and and the impact therein. But the idea that like, okay, you don't have spring ball, so now what do you do? Like, Bronco Mendenhall is legitimately like the one dude I can think of who is like who le- legitimately would be excited to try to solve that problem. Like I could totally see him, you know, with, I don't know, in a room with yarn on either side, you know, like he is that dude. He is in into it as, as deep as it can get. Um, and frankly, I'm really curious to see what they come up with. Um, granted, we have to wait and see, you know, what the NCAA allows them to do. There's a lot of talk um, right now about what, what could be an option and what might not be an option and that kind of thing. But it certainly seems like there's a, um, you know, that there's a, a vibe among college football types that they're going to get some working period of time before the, what would be traditional fall camp, right? Whether it's a, a specific time in the summer, whether it's a specific time that everybody gets, or, you know, maybe it's a few hours added or however that works, but they're going to get some sort of time. And I can guarantee you that Bronco will have contingencies for like all of the different options. And I'm fascinated by the fact that that he won, that he is so excited about it. But then two, just like what what you know what what would you come up with, right? Like my my thought process would be, you know, you did learn, you did get an extra week of practice because of the ACC championship game, and because of Bryce Perkins's injury situation, you were trying your best to make sure you know, that he didn't get um, dinged up or you were trying to give him some rest. I would imagine that Brennan Armstrong took a lot of snaps, maybe middle, once he got back, basically, right, after the Carolina game on, um, he probably took a lot of first-team reps in practice um, that 
if they don't have film of spring, they probably have a lot of film of that. And so my guess is that's something that Bronco and his staff are, are cutting up and, and trying to get into Brennan's hands this summer as he works. I'm really fascinated. I'm really looking forward, I mean, to, talk, to talking to him on Friday. Um, they also let us talk to um, Braxton Key today. Um, and we'll get, obviously, like I mentioned, Mama Didi Akite tomorrow or as you listen to it today. And I want to just, I don't know, I, I wrote a column about the seniors that sort of was more Mamadi specific because he's, he was at UVA for the full ride. And, um, you know, he's always been such a, um, such a source of, of, of excitement among fans. You know, he's such a source of energy and, um, and happiness. I mean, the dude is like one of the, um, one of the like legitimately happiest people I've ever been around. I mean, he, I don't think I've ever seen him like, like actually upset about anything, but he, uh, you, you know, he kind of demanded the headlines a little bit in the, in the wake of the cancellation of the season. And so talking to Braxton today, I really was really struck by just, and he talked about, you know, how, how hard it was for them to, to kind of see their careers in the way they did. And he talked a little bit about, you know, the way that they heard the news. They were, um, they were at shoot around in Greensboro because they were going to play that night when they heard. And so then they, they apparently played like a game of knockout among everybody. And then I guess when they got back to Charlottesville, they got, we were in the locker room and coach was talking to them and basically said what we've, what we talked about, right. Which is like, how happy are you that it, that it happened now versus, you know, a year ago. Um, and he was just really thankful that they got to have that experience in Minneapolis. Well, I guess the whole, the whole tournament, but also Minneapolis, which brings us to the replays and, you know, being able to watch these games again. Um, I would really like to, to express my public um, frustration with CBS uh, because personally I was looking forward to part of my content plan was going to be, you know, doing rewatches of these games and breaking them down. Um, and then, you know, CBS was like, Hey everybody, let's watch all three, you know, of these games in a row. That's great. Um, but as you watched it, you know, I'm guessing Sunday you were watching along with everybody else um, watching the, the championship replay. I can't believe you said you've never seen it before. I have not. That was the first time I have not watched any. I have not watched any of those I've, games. I probably on TV. that's probably the third time I've seen it, or second time. I definitely watched it like after I got back from Minneapolis. But I mean, I obviously I've seen highlights and bits and pieces, but um, probably only the second or third time I've watched it through. Um. All right. Well, you want to hear a fun fact? I'll tell you this now that it's 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 obviously not going to come to pass, but like. I saved the audio file from Charlotte after the UMBC game for a very specific purpose, which was in the event that Virginia won a championship the next year, I wanted to know exactly what was said in that room, and I wanted to have that file very easily accessible, right? And I did that. That's exactly what I did. You know, it, coincidentally enough, I retweeted that during the uh, championship game Sunday. I had not watched it specifically because I wanted to do something um, – anniversary related later I wanted to I have very specific memories of that game and um outside of a few minutes my mom and my sister came up the night that they raised the banner my mom and my sister rode with me to Charlottesville and so they came up and they wanted to watch a little bit of it while I was still getting ready so outside of just seeing a little bit here and there that I, I, I haven't seen any of it um so I was planning to basically wait and and wait and wait and in hindsight you know maybe the the way they were playing I mean I, you know who knows but it would have been fun to see if that was something I could really do but if nothing else I would have just done a, a rewatch on the anniversary so to watch it the other day was very weird for me um one because I had a very specific plan um and I'm not someone who usually rolls well when plans change um, but also too, just to be, like I said, I have very specific memories of it, of it in the building. And so, you know, the idea of what Jim Nance said here or what, you know, Bill Raftery said there or how it looked, um, you know, having other, re you know, angles of replays and things like that, um, was very different for me. Like I, that I, I didn't, I don't know. I, I, I in, a, in a lot of ways, I felt like I was watching it for the first time. Cause I guess I was, um, what was it like for you to, to watch it again and to have everybody watching it at the same time? Yeah, I mean, it was cool just to see like the Twitter interaction with the old, you know, former players, you know, watching the game. I think for them, they probably haven't seen it. Um, so, I mean, it it was cool to just kind of have that community sort of feel about it, where everybody was just sort of watching at the same time. 
Um, as far as just, yeah, I mean, I kind of had the same experience that you did. My angle for the game was not the same as TV. Uh, you know, I remember what I saw from where I saw it and what I was doing and all that. Um, so I have that. And then also the, the TV, you know, just the, you know, growing up as a kid, you watch the national championship and you're like, man, like the, the production on this and everything around it is so cool. Um, it would be awesome to, you know, to go to one of these one time or, you know, I mean, as a team, not actually physically go (laughs) to the game. Um, and it's cool to just see UVA in that spot. Right. I mean, it's cool to just go back and, and say, man, they actually did this. And I, you know, I had that same feeling watching the Auburn game, uh, like (laughs) that one, it was special because I just remember for, and I I told somebody this after the, you know, rewatch, uh, that one was different for me because the national championship, we kind of just like, you know, worked the game and then went about the post game and all that. The Auburn game was like, okay, they're going to win. And then it was, they're going to lose. And you know, wow. Like I can't believe it just slipped away from them like that. And then they won in the way they won it. It was like, I was kind of like catatonic for probably an hour. You know, you just sit there. I've never sat there at like at my media seat. I think you were probably with me. But I mean, like for longer than I did after that game, I was just like, what just happened? Like I was like just processing everything and the fact that UVA was going to go to the national championship. So, I mean, it was cool to just go back and relive those and just think about like where you were at that time and like what you were doing and um, what it was like to be in the building. If you were there, uh, we were lucky enough to be there. Uh, that It was just kind of cool to go back and relive those moments. And I'm sure it won't be the last time. Yeah. I mean, that's I, I'm very similar. You know, like I remember you know, in the Auburn game for especially like you the know, cool thing them. is they're, they're all three of them, the Purdue game, the Auburn game, the tech, they're all great games. So it's yeah. like, you're not just rewatching like a game where your team won. You're watching like a classic game. Yeah. And I, and I feel like every time you watch it, you'll, you'll notice something else. It's just like, you know, watching a favorite movie or a favorite show. Right. Um, for me, watching it without the energy of the, of the moment is, is is really strange because like you f- almost feel like you're not like it's it it's it's hard to explain <clears throat> more than any game that I've ever been to or any ge- series of games those three especially right um, maybe the Tech game this past season because of everything and, and the way it all unfolded was a little bit like that um, because of the energy in the in the Sky Stadium because of the energy like that place was massive and like I cannot stress that enough that's something Braxton said on the video call today like. That watching it for him, um, you know, he just he 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 didn't he he couldn't remember like how massive it truly was. Yeah, I just remember one of the very first things I tweeted during that Auburn game was like, "You can't prepare for this." Like, yeah, there's no way. No, there's, there's really it's no so way. different. Yeah, you see how many people are there, and just how massive the place is, and like how long it takes just to walk to the court. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, all of that stuff, and and you know, and then the game, and then all of the pregame stuff, and all the stuff that goes with it, and. It's just like such a huge stage. I mean, really, there's not a lot of comparisons um, for for American sports if you think about it. Like in the Super Bowl, they played at the Dolphin Stadium. It's like a regular stadium. The stage is obviously bigger, you know that, but you know the the landscape isn't completely different. You know what I mean? Like it's not. It doesn't feel like you're jumping up a level or or whatever. Yeah, it's it's a very different. Um... It's a very different vibe. I mean, I'll never forget like making you guys walk with me to the top, to the worst seat in the place, the f- the seat that you could basically yeah. be the furthest away from the court. Um, I mean, that it was took a, quite a while. I mean, obviously, it's, it, it's a big stadium, and that's what's so funny about it is like I've been to big NFL stadiums, but then for for a basketball game, it, the court just looks so much smaller. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's <laughs> tiny. It, it's like you're you're looking for the bench. I think the other thing that's cool about the fact you know like the Rays court was fun. Um, you know, that was, that was yeah. a lot of fun. Um, I keep, you know, it's funny how like these, you know, what's, what is that Forrest Gump line? You know, it's funny what a young, what a man recollects, um, watching it. I, I wasn't necessarily as like into the, the game itself per se. Like, I'm not saying I wasn't into the game. Right. But I'm just saying like, it was a lot of the, uh, the little things, you know, like where, like the tortilla, you know, like that flew onto the court or whatever. Um, the little things like about um, like watching the, the Ty and Kyle and Dre do their final little um, pregame huddle in the corner um, and how funny it was that we were like a bunch of us who cover UVA were all over here like waiting for this moment. And one I remember one of the like CBS guys 
you know, was like looking at us like, what the heck are they doing? Um, almost as, you know, cause we, well, you know, maybe he wouldn't know. I don't know. Um, but it's just funny how like I, little stuff, like I can remember what the dude looked like who had to physically put his hands on your media credential as you came out to the floor every single time. No, you could, this, <laughs> you know, we've seen this guy multiple days in a row. Yeah. Right? That guy who, uh, who went onto the court of the ACC tournament when UVA won, he was not uh, getting Greensboro. on. Yeah, he he, he wasn't there. getting on the court at the final four. Uh, um, so I don't know, man. It was it was really fun to 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 watch it. I think what I will do during this um, quarantinecation or however we're phrasing this is I will go back and 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 really like break down the games themselves and just well, another thing that I just remembered actually was that we kind of did get to see the the footage of the game. Yeah, because we had a TV in front of us the whole time. We did. Which, so, I mean, for the like, record, is is like for sports people is like the I don't I, you can put me anywhere you want. You put a monitor in front of me and I can just see replays. I'm happy. Like I am, I especially am when happy. they're synced up to where it's like a little behind live action, so you can watch it twice. You know, like that's perfect. You know, if they're synced up perfectly, then it's like okay. I now I have to wait for the replay to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. Because you you could see a thing happen and then look down immediately and then see it pl- happen. Uh, you know, quote unquote, what you know, what folks at home saw. Yeah, because I mean that foul at the end of the Auburn game, like we didn't live. I mean, you couldn't really from where we were sitting. I mean, he he was on the he, you know he might as well have been in Crozet. You know, I mean, right. like he was yeah. a long way <laughs> yeah. away. Yeah, um, and also like we didn't hear the I didn't hear the whistle. So well, it's it like, like I've I mean, said on the show. Like I heard I heard I saw Mamadi. And then yeah, like, I saw players clapping and was like, that's a weird way to handle this loss. <laughs> like, you know, well, cause like, um, I was like, he got fouled. He's going to line for three. They're going to win. Like I was like, boom, boom, boom. This just all happened in my brain. Now, granted when Mamadi hit the shot against Purdue, I immediately thought Virginia had won um, because I lost track of the score. Um, and during again, then against Texas tech in the championship game, um, I completely botched my entire scoring, like in my entire note system. Right. And so for half the game, I had the wrong stuff in the wrong place. I would love to have like, oh, here's this, you know, here's this national championship game I covered. Except you can't tell because I've scribbled so much of it out because I was, you know, I realized it on the fly and like overtime and I'm trying to like, you know, clean it all up. But at least that moment, I will never forget, man. I looked at Mommy and I was like, boom, boom, boom. Like it was, you know, that's what it was. Um, I don't know how I found Mommy of all the people, but anyway. So yeah, I'm glad that they replayed it, even if they did take a lot of my content, um, um, air or whatever, wind out of my sails. Um, but it was uh, it was really interesting to to watch, and I'm curious to to hear more player uh, reaction. I thought it was also to your point earlier, it was really cool of the school to to give um, Ty and Kyle and Dre the the Twitter handle and let them basically react in real time to each other yeah. too. You get that was a it was a really good like you for folks who who haven't been able to like interact with them and just know them from interviews and maybe what they did the night they raised a banner like that, that, that what you saw on Twitter, that's them. Like uh, that was exactly what I was expecting. I was like, I was like, they're going to have some insight probably in certain situations, but I was like, it's going to be a lot of them just like making fun of each other. the yeah. entire Or basically everybody making fun of Kyle. Cause that's basically what seems to happen. Um, Ty and Dre just kind of gang up on him. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else to talk about this week? I feel like we've we made it forty some minutes um, with no sports to talk about. So I feel like we've done a pretty good job of giving the people what they wanted. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't really have anything else. I guess you know, we'll, we'll next week, whatever, sometime down the road. I guess we got to get into these grad transfer options or, or yeah. Whatever. I mean, that that's a weird thing too, right? About this time is that like there's no recruiting happening. There are no visits that can happen. Everything has to be like basically calls and virtual and yeah. And I mean, whatnot. if somebody's committing, it's without having seen the campus. Right. Exactly. Um, unless it's somebody who's, you know, obviously, you know, got in there, you know, whether it's football or whatever, but um, I do think that soon we should talk about kind of a look ahead show where we talk about, cause I mean, listen, we all talked all season long about, you know, this team had some some issues and this and that, and that, you know, I know I made the point in however many different mediums and locations and such that so much of what they needed was was already on the way for next year. Um, dude, that team is going to be ridiculously good, and that's one thing. Um, you know, we've won thus far your first season of review piece on Kihei. I mean. To think that like his numbers might go down and yet he could be much better, yeah, um, is that is kind of absurd. 
But well, then you, what... you start to think about like the minutes he played. You know, yeah. he's he's going to play a lot of minutes next year as long as he's healthy. But I mean, even if it's instead of thirty-eight a game, it could be thirty-four a game. You know, and that's a big difference for sure. If you are someone who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your programs. And if you don't mind, give us a rating or review. Uh, helps to get us out in front of more people, and we appreciate that. If you're somebody who found the pod but has not given us a look yet, check us out, CavsCorner.com. Let's see, right now I've got notes from Braxton's time. I've got Bryce and Bryce. Like I said, feature stories coming. Ferber's season in review on Kihei is there. Um, Virginia picked up a commitment on Saturday from Malachi Fields, a kid who uh, we're going to talk about on this podcast once days back, uh, who who literally has come to our tailgate <laughs> <laughs> for years, uh, which is I, I've kind of, I, you know, I talked to him the other day and I'm trying to figure out like what editor's note do I put in front of that? Like, Hey, you know, interest of full disclosure, I've known the kids since he was not a football prospect. Like, it's just weird. Um, so yeah, that thing know, moved quick too. I mean, I didn't think he was, I mean, I'm not saying I didn't think he was going to get a UVA offer, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. And then he got one and he committed with what, well, within a couple of weeks. Yeah. He went from a kid to a grown dude in a very small amount of time. There, there's yeah. no doubt. Um, let's see if you, if you are so inclined, hit that fanatics link, uh, that's in the, um, podcast app of choice or in the content item for this show. Um, anything that you purchase from that link, UVA or otherwise goes to support, uh, the, uh, the pod, the, the, the website. Woo. And we, we appreciate that. Um, and again, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank Ferber for giving graciously of his staying at home time. Um, as always, yeah, don't, much. you don't have to say giving graciously of my time. I don't have anything to do. <laughs> We you're saying we could roll one of these out every day? No, no. We could just. We could I mean, just like get into your that hot would be, takes. That would be bad for the brand. We should do. We should. You know, we should do one of our ideas for the pod. Uh, and also, real quick, anybody who listens to the show and has sent me either email or messages on the board, giving me some some ideas, feel free. Keep shooting them. Like I appreciate that. Um, not saying that they're all going to get done, but you know, ideas are cool. Um, but we should totally do a hot take podcast where we basically just just. Yeah. Lay waste to everything. Be I got a lot of thoughts on the doors. <laughs> got a lot of thoughts on Sublime and the doors. So for Justin Ferber and Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.